welcome back to another exciting episode of the Table Topics Podcast. My name is Caleb. Joining me, as always, are... Ennis. Christian. Santiago. And today we will be talking about some fun concepts, secrets, and metagaming. Yeah. Or metagaming and secrets. Yeah. I feel like metagaming is the broader topic here, but and secrets is like a part of it. Yeah, I think can't... it's simply a symptom of, or... Well, maybe not a symptom of like a subcategory. Yeah, it, it's, it's a it's related. a gamer's tool. Yeah, definitely. But I feel like you can't talk about secrets without talking about metagaming. Exactly, so we're talking about both of them together. Secrets, um, for some connotation, can be good or bad. Yeah. Uh, I think we have a bit of a ranging opinion. Mm-hmm. I personally am not as big a fan of secrets. Personally, but I know that um, I've played in campaigns with all of these guys, and I know that they have used it and enjoy using it to an effect. There are mm-hmm. positives. I'm not saying blanket. Mm-hmm. I don't like them. I just think that, well, this is already getting into it, I guess. Yeah, we're getting into it. I feel like the only thing, you know, that's worth talking about mm-hmm. to, as a preamble mm-hmm. for secrets is metagaming and what we mean by that. Yeah. Because that might not be familiar to everyone. Uh, so metagaming is just basically using information that you have as a player for like from outside the narrative of, of the, the game, game to influence things inside the narrative of the game, right? Definitely. Yeah, mm-hmm. using knowledge that you have as a player to influence your decision as your character. Yeah. I, I feel like it's not just the player, for the record. It's also mm-hmm. the GM. So Definitely. Yeah, yeah, player or GM. Yeah, Definitely. I, I think there is a large facet of metagaming that you find once you've been in a playgroup for a long time, mm-hmm. where Ennis has said a lot of times recently, like, you guys are reading my mind. <laughs> you guys always know what I'm doing. You're calling out what I'm saying. And it, it's it's a lot of like, oh, I know Ennis is a player. I know what buttons I can push mm-hmm. for him to get the outcomes that I want out of this situation. Yeah. So it it's not even just using information that your player character doesn't have access to, because that, that is a large part of it. I think that's probably one of the worst sides of it. But also that playing the other players at the table and like putting them in those situations mm-hmm. as a GM. Yeah. Yeah. Like knowing how as people a GM are as a player as well. Yeah. That too, yeah. yeah. I was gonna say, as a GM, I feel like it doesn't get clocked as much when a yeah. GM metagames. Mm-hmm. You know? I feel like with the GM is cause you partially expect them to uh, there's like you want them to craft the world around the characters mm-hmm. and so they have to you know, have, like, this larger knowledge about, like, like, wider knowledge about, like, what everything that's going around. Mm-hmm. And so when they're metagaming, most of the time it just, like, bleeds into all of that, and players are happy with that. Definitely. Most of the time. Because I think the, like, one thing as a GM, since in most games, mm-hmm. the GM is responsible for the world, right? Yeah. And so I think as a player, you don't know when, <laughs> you know, the mm-hmm. GM is metagaming because there might just be knowledge out there that you're not aware of. Yeah. Like, oh, there's reasons why this character that the GM is playing would know that, mm-hmm. but since I'm not privy to the world or everything mm-hmm. that they would know, I don't know if it's metagame or not, right? Yeah. Uh, like, Inspire, one of the big bads was... His power was literally that he was pseudo-omniscient. Like, he mm-hmm. knew everything that was going on and he had eyes and ears everywhere. And there were certain ways to get around that, but for the most part, anytime you guys did things that I wasn't expecting, I almost had to metagame and go back and be like, but how did he know that this was going to happen, and yeah. how does this work into his greater plans and machinations? Yeah. Uh, and, like, almost trying to spin things working backwards, because I'm not omniscient, I don't know everything, yeah. uh, but my bad guys have to seem smart, and yeah. That's a good way to do it, is Definitely. retroactively being like, but I did know that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're going to do that all along. Yeah. Uh, on the other hand, I feel like there's the the big thing, the part that a lot of people don't like about metagaming is trying to like change what a character is doing. Like, that's mm-hmm. the, the big one. It's like when you think of metagaming, there's a negative connotation, and it's mostly 
uh, like a player being like, well, I mean, since I uh, I know that this is a trap uh, as a player, uh, my character will not do this thing that they would otherwise do. It's acting out of character. Yeah. 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 Like rolling one on investigation and being like, no, the room is perfectly harmless. There's no traps here. And you're like, well, I'm not going in there since I think that's harmless. Exactly. (laughs) I know I rolled a one. No, and that's a very fair point. And I think that's the most prevalent uh, Mm. that you see. So I think that something like that, like using, especially when you're trying to solve a puzzle or something like that, it's really hard to fully role play and be in that mindset, especially when there's a puzzle in a dungeon or something like that that Mm -hmm. you're trying to solve. You're mostly solving it as yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And obviously you're not your character, but I think that's, that's like an accepted Mm -hmm. part of you know, tabletop role-playing games is that your decision-making will filter through your character. And so it's not really metagaming, but I think it is to do, or it has to do with separating the character from the player. And I don't think that's always necessarily viable or impossible. Even possible, exactly. Like, there is a certain level of metagaming that is useful and fun, even. Mm -hmm. Like, what... Chris alluded to earlier with tropes. You know, your characters are not aware of tropes, mm-hmm. but you as a player are aware of tropes, and so you can see a trope coming up, and you know how to play into it, and, you know, that often will make a more interesting story. Like, tropes are cliches. Yes, you know, we say tropes are cliches. Oh, what a bore. But often, they're actually really fun to play. There's a reason why they're cliches, is because yeah. they're sick they're, sometimes. They really add to a story sometimes. They're the the building blocks of narratives yeah. and you can mm-hmm. branch out from them to make something unique, but yeah. they're consistent. There, There is a universality mm-hmm. to tropes. That's what makes them tropes. Definitely. People can recognize them. Yeah. And mm-hmm. like, that's one of those things where it's like your character may not be aware of the trope. That trope might not exist, you know, where in your character's world or, you know, maybe the, their way of life, they don't engage with this trope or what have you. But as a player, you recognize it, and so you, you know, adjust your character's decisions to work with or against the trope to make the interesting narrative. Yeah. And, like, that's that's a way that I think metagaming is, like, super good in, mm-hmm. s- in the storytelling. Uh, I think there's a really good example of this, uh, toot my own horn here, uh, from the recent uh, boss battle we had in Shadowrun yeah. um, against Sunshine, uh, because... It was one of those things where uh, I know Ennis as a storyteller at yep. this point quite well. Um, and at some point, he targeted me with an attack. And I play two characters that are uh, can merge together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I did a dramatic sacrifice-type motion when... Uh, and it's if you want to describe it a yeah. little bit better. So, yeah, your character basically, the the TLDR is your, your blood can animate mm-hmm. and it can either give you boosted abilities, it can form a weapon, or it can form like this spirit-like entity that fights with you. Yeah. Okay? And so what happened is I had the big bad attack him, go for an attack, and he did a thing where he swapped... The his ability from giving him an, a, a boost to his stats to being this other spirit thing, and the spirit thing dove to protect the uh, yeah, it the took character, a hit for him. Yeah. Took, took to take the hit. The villain's goal in that moment was not to kill you right there, but she wanted to stop your ability to use that stat bonus. Mm-hmm. And so it's like because of the tells I give and things like that, like, Chris picked up on, like, this is not a hit to kill, mm-hmm. but this is trying to do something big, and he went for that dive, which is, you know, it's like very fitting in that moment, and so what I was trying to do, which is break that ability, is what ended up happening in a very dramatic and cool way that played into the narrative later on. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I, I think that was a really cool scene as well, yeah. like, I mm-hmm. think yeah, ended up pretty well. So, So in that way, by metagaming and recognizing tropes and knowing what the other people at the table are going for, you can have those moments of, I see what's going to happen, and instead of using it 
selfishly and, you know, I could have tried to spin that and, you know, been like, okay, I'm going to, how do I stop this from happening? It's how do I enhance this because I think this is the way it's going and how do I play into that better? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, is It's a much healthier way of metagaming. It's how do we build the best story using our meta knowledge uh, instead of how do I get the thing that I want to the most? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a very, like, improv theater like mentality yeah. and it touches on the improv roots of tabletop role-playing games which yeah. is just uh again we say this a lot collaborative storytelling and we col- there the this metagaming this positive metagaming is basically learning and picking up and working with the cues that the other people at the table are putting down and it's it's basically a more complicated version of yes and. Mm -hmm. And I think the result of that can end up in telling some really memorable and fun moments. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, while it is a improv and collaborative storytelling game, we have mentioned already, sometimes there's secrets at the table. Well, before we get into that, Mm -hmm. sorry, I just want to continue off that. I just Mm -hmm. want to say one thing. We talked about metagaming and kind of positive metagaming and more negative metagaming, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I got a one, and now I'm suspicious that yeah. the GM told me that everything was fine, right? Mm-hmm. I think there's also something else, which is kind of like anti-metagaming or reverse metagaming, yeah. is when you let that knowledge that you have from outside the game Mm-hmm. like prevent your character from doing something that they would already mm-hmm. right yeah and, well, and less like, of like oh i want to now gain an advantage it's like oh i really don't want to gain an advantage i really don't want a metagame i'm going to overcorrect yeah i feel like that is the trickiest part especially for newer mm-hmm. players uh, especially when they're warned of metagaming yeah no. especially warned of metagaming or just this isn't even a new player thing, just people that are not as uh, experienced with improving mm. uh, will do this, I feel. Uh, and it's they, they will do both, where it's like they'll roll the one, they'll be like, oh, I know this is bad, so I'll react to it badly. And then maybe afterwards someone will tell them, it's like, eh, you know, you're trying to play a character, not yourself. Maybe don't let like what you roll dictate what your character would do. Like seeing the result of on the dice dictate yeah. how your character reacts. And then later they'll come back and be like, try to be like blasé. It's like, you know, even if they're all the one, it's like, I'm going anyway. And it's like, yeah. eh, maybe your character would be cautious in this situation, you know, regardless of whether or not they find a trap. Kind and that of kind thing. of relates back to the whole role playing aspect yeah. and kind of thinking as your character, right? Yeah. And just, but it's hard to do. Okay. It's for this reason, like last time when we were talking about our favorite mechanics to steal from uh, other systems, I like the... Blades uh, in the Dark one? No, the Exalted oh, yeah. uh, Intimacies is because it's always like a way to like look at it, the thing. It's like, how would my you know, character act it's this way? Yeah. Uh, it's, so you can kind of like act that way regardless of what you get on the dice, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, but it, it is that awkward piece of, especially once you have a group of very experienced yeah. players, you get a group of experienced players in playing Dungeons and Dragons, they're fighting a troll, all of them out of game are like, we need to use fire to kill this troll. Yeah. So it's that tiptoeing yeah. around, okay, yeah. do any of our characters actually know in-game? Yeah. And... Everyone's stumbling around trying not to deal fire damage because it feels like metagaming. Yeah. But <laughs> I mean, in, <laughs> in that, we do need to in that do kind that. of scenario, it's kind of imperative that the game master give the players the opportunity to learn that Definitely. game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. But, but yeah, it's like metagaming is just a tricky thing. I feel like it's one of the trickiest things for playing, and it's like equally tricky for GMs and players. And it's like tr- just. Where it's tricky, just and how it's tricky, just changes the more you play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it all kind of, kind of comes back to just, and I think any problem you have with metagame with anything else, it just comes back to communication and talking yeah. with your players. Like, oh, I think we might be, you know, metagaming too much in yeah. this aspect, and just or whatever, right? Yeah. And moving on to secrets. I mean, secrets. I think they're related, yeah. but I don't think they're necessarily like a yin and a yang. I think it's. It's a they, they, they can be... I think it can be completely separate to metagaming, you know? 
I feel like secrets are mostly a metagame thing to me. Well, I'm talking about if you're if you're if you have a secret with a player. Yeah. Like you can you can even metagame on that, right? Like the yeah. player and the GM for yeah. that matter, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm saying like inherently you're keeping a secret because you're keeping something from the other players because you don't want it to affect how they're playing. Mm-hmm. And, and I guess Ultimately. that goes into why why people or sorry GMs and players yeah. keep secrets. Yeah, yeah. And to be fair, you can have secrets that are an in-game quantity, mm-hmm. like a plan between two player characters. But the difference is, is this an out-of-game or an in-game secret? Because you can make it both, or you could make it just one, where you can out-of-game, you know, message each other privately, and, like, like our characters have talked about this, they've made this plan, like, you know, if the big bad dies, we're going to steal his amulet and get the fuck out together. And and it's like, that's a secret from the rest of the party, and nobody else knows that plan. Mm Mm-hmm. But you can also, depending on the group, have those conversations as like, hey, I pull this guy aside and we have this conversation, we talk about this. Mm-hmm. And it's still a secret and you're trusting the other players at the table not to metagame about your secret plans yeah. uh, with each other. But it's it's a different dynamic because then, you know, oh, uh, you know, are they going to be more suspicious or do things that they wouldn't have otherwise yeah. Uh, done like investigating us more or yeah, keeping uh, an eye on them. Yeah, now. keeping an yeah. eye on them because they're they're being shady. Definitely. Um, so it's it's different. It's it's a weird dynamic and it's hard to uh, it's hard to maneuver that because you net it's it's really about trust between your game group and knowing that the other players at the table do care about you enjoying your time and you respecting them and their characters as well. Uh, but it does depend on your table because I've seen both, and not not every table could do both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I prefer the latter. Mm-hmm. To be fair, I see. I think my issue with secrets yeah. is I don't mind them in yeah. general. I just think sometimes they can be a little bit too intrusive to the campaign. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Especially mid-session when there's a lot of, like, oh, okay, now we got to wait. And, like, like, let's yeah. talk aside here and, like, and all that. When I mean, it's just, like, we're really kind of, it like, there's that feeling of, okay, uh, we're it, losing the momentum. And there's also those players being left out of something. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. also another feeling. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't really care too much about the FOMO aspect of it. But I can see how that would be yeah. a really big detractor and make people not like it. Um, I think it's more, I kind of like that we're talking about what our characters are doing rather than "Mm, let's keep everything separate. But I Mm -hmm. fully agree that it it is dependent on the play group. And if you're, if the people are metagaming, then it does make it not very fun to have, to have a secret because secrets exist in the world. (laughs) Yeah. And on the other side, think about how weird a game group it would be if, Every time two characters were by themselves, secret or not, everyone else had to leave the room. Yeah. Like, you can never do a scene with the omnipotent presence of the other players. Yeah. Like, that would be weird. So it, it does feel a bit odd of excluding other people from information that only one player or one or two players have mm-hmm. because the rest of the game isn't like that so it's always an intentional choice yeah. to hide information yeah and i think where i kind of appreciate the secrets more where i think that i think i like it more is when they maybe just don't happen during game time as mm-hmm. much mm-hmm. i think that's my preference yeah uh, i I like to think of secrets, like the best kinds of secrets in tabletop role-playing games, play in the same kind of framework as like the cinematography of like, and the narrative of like the Oceans movies, like Oceans 11. Like you see a lot of the planning, you see a lot of what they're doing, you see the build-up, but you as the audience don't know the whole plan until at the end when they're like, and this is how we did it. This is the parts that we didn't show you. We clued you in on it here and there. And there was like hints, 
but we didn't tell you explicitly. And the way that that could transition to a tabletop game environment is that those conversations between two players were like everybody that's not actively part of that conversation is playing the role of the audience in that regard. They're, they, as the audience, are witnessing this. And then the secret conversations are the ones that are hinted at. Like, you know, the, the game master is like, these two characters come back, or you, you see them walking together, or there mm-hmm. are other telltale ways of doing it. Um, in terms of secrets, kind of like, uh, like you were saying, mid, mid-session secrets, it's... <sighs> It comes down to like the, it's, it's really rough to say, to, to do it either way, where it's like, we'll talk about this later, but then you lose the momentum of how you're having that conversation in the moment. Mm-hmm. But if you do it now, you lose the momentum of what everything else is going on in the yeah, moment. Definitely. And it, it is, sometimes you have to weigh what is more narratively important that we yeah. keep the momentum of the whole group in the moment. Or we keep the momentum for the player who needs to know this secretly. Yeah, and so, to be fair, in the moment, so, mm-hmm. sorry, like during the campaign, or sorry, during the session, mm-hmm. sometimes it is imperative that a secret happens then because the result of that mm-hmm. secret is going to happen like in five minutes, sort of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so there, yeah, so. I think that's a good point. So for, I think this is a question for uh, Anis and Santi. Since wow. you, were, you were the two that do this probably the most of what I see. I was uh, going to say, yeah. I'm, I think I'm the biggest advocate for secrets mm-hmm. in the group. Yeah. yeah. What are the, si- yeah. What are the situations where you feel it is important to pull somebody aside mis- mid session to have that conversation immediately? Mm-hmm. For me, the biggest one actually relates to metagaming because I feel like I like to put characters in tough decisions, types of situations, mm-hmm. especially, uh, and so sometimes it's tough in a way where, especially like when you think of Shadowrun, which has like a lot of moral gray ground, mm-hmm. it's tough in a way where players don't want to make certain decisions or are influenced to not make certain decisions by other players. For example, this is a recent thing. I There was a recent secret between me and Zane, who's playing the character Sevens in Shadowrun, about his dog where he had the opportunity to put the dog down, Mm -hmm. okay? When we approached that conversation with everyone present, everyone had a very strong reaction of, you can't make, don't make that decision to Zane, which kind of started pushing him away from making that decision. And whether or not that's an in-character idea for the character to have, this was a personal moment for Sevens. This was a only he can make the choice and he's not like his character's not having a conversation with the other character. His character is on his own thinking about this and the other players are chiming in to influence his decision. And this is like a big moral decision in that moment. And so for that I prefer I'd later have to just pull him even though it's in the middle of the session pull him apart and have that conversation with just him because I don't want the other players interrupting that personal thing. Yeah, definitely. The other places I use it are all similar stuff where I want to give a player a personal piece of information that they may or may not want to share with the others. Mm-hmm. For example, Echo, uh, uh, Natasha's character, wanted to, in secret, make a deal with <laughs> another character so that other so that NPC can help them with a thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so that I wanted, you know, that we can have, we have separately, like speak to that character separately because that character, that NPC acting like that, they wanted to remain a secret from the other players, stuff like that. To be fair, I think I've also done that as well, like yeah. in in the same sort of vein where yeah. I, I I think I, in the same session you did it, yeah, in no, the same, the same exact session, to yeah, not do what, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, in the same session you spoke to that character again, you were able to, by speaking to that character, learn that they have a different deal, and you're like, I want to overwrite that deal. Yeah. And so, you know, that can't, that couldn't, that second thing couldn't have happened if the first thing wasn't a secret. And your deal, what you ended up doing with the character, ended up being pretty impactful later in the fight with the, with getting the, 
the three characters out of the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, to not complicate the the fight for you, mm-hmm. uh, and so things like that. Uh, I like to do it sometimes for information that might be character compromising. That, for example, are you making a deal with the devil? Mm-hmm. If I say things like that to the group, even if the players are good at ne- me- not metagaming, it still colors their perception of things, and that will still bleed in. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, if I want it to be left to Sometimes I want things just to be left to the character and player to tell the others. Mm-hmm. Like, if hypothetically Call were to make a deal with the devil, Caleb's character were to make a deal with the devil, I want Caleb and Call to reveal it through gameplay. I don't mm-hmm. want everyone to be aware that this is a thing that happened. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing I use secrets for, where it's like, I want the group to know it's, like the players to know it on their own so that they can, dis- they themselves can disseminate the information. Mm-hmm. Uh, through roleplay later. Uh, but yeah, those are like the big things that I like secrets for. And all of these are like secrets between GMs and players. I'm usually not a fan of secrets being kept from the GM. Like I'm a fan of the secrets being kept from like other players and that being used as a narrative tool uh, of like, cause like, it's yes, it's used for met, uh, like the meta gaming reasons, but it's also used as like if a character has a secret, there's a cool maybe reveal at some point, like the violin for your uh, eclipse face character. If none of us knew about that and it just happened to naturally come up, that's the ideal situation, right? Yeah, I think that's like narratively the one of the draws of uh, of uh, of secrets like that unexpected situation. Definitely. There are a few rare cases where uh, secrets from the GM are fine and great. Uh, the players had some big secrets from the GM recently, and it was between sessions, you guys made secret plans about how to deal with the villains and didn't tell me. Mm-hmm. And I think that is actually almost good, because that way, the way I'm playing the villain uh, in the fight, or the enemies in the fight, I don't play in a way that's intentionally exactly. screwing your plan mm-hmm. over. You're not metagaming, yeah. right? Yeah, I, I'm I not think, metagaming. I think that from, from that, like, min-maxer, uh, like, combat and crunchiness side of it, I love the idea of strategies being kept secret from the GM in mm-hmm. terms of yeah. how are we going to approach this battle, what are we going to do. That way it's fresh and fun for the GM because combat is a, a bit, of, bit of a silo in mm-hmm. terms of role-playing where it's... It is kind of like a strategy game for both sides. Mm-hmm. Uh, and while narrative does play into that, uh, if it's like, oh, I, I as the GM know exactly what they're going to do, and I'm just deciding if it works or not, yeah. that feels a little bit weird. But being able to be caught off guard, I as a GM, absolutely love that. It's very cool when you can do that. Because mm-hmm. I think that also leads into really like finding cool stories as well mm-hmm. as like, Oh, uh, what? And just like yeah. stunning the GM like that. It's like, yeah, I guess you can do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's one example that uh, I'm not going to spoil anything, but mm-hmm. it happened in a uh, dimension 20. Mm-hmm. It's called Operation Slippery Puppet. And it had to deal with the, the characters coming up with a plan and the GM not knowing about it. And it was amazing and hilarious. And if you know about it, then you know what I'm talking about. But, and if you haven't, watch it. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, I feel like there's also, like, GMs keep secrets from players in general, but I feel mm-hmm. like, in, especially in traditional Game Master styles and how most people are used to Game Masters running things, the GM just has to keep secrets because they know the plot, they know the reason, everything's, uh, like, mm-hmm. you know, the the happenings in the world that the players are slowly finding yeah, out. As the GM, yeah. don't just... <laughs> Lay out all of your notes and plot. Yeah, <laughs> definitely that's not. Okay. Yeah. That's okay. So, <laughs> so I feel like that's a natural like type of secret that forms between GM and player. But I feel like people kind of expect that. Yeah, I think that's a very natural yeah. part of like secret keeping in yeah. the tabletop role playing space. Yeah. I think also one I guess mm-hmm. argument for the more I don't know metagaming secrets, as in the more t- op- open, open secret. secrets, will yeah. come. Is I do really like that sort of like knowledge, it, like in theater, right? Like when you see a play and you yeah. see the two characters, there's that tension, right? Yeah. Like it really does depend on the players not metagaming, obviously, yeah. and like playing into that. But there is that tension there that kind of like elevates everything. 
Like, it's the tension versus the surprise, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I think of the two, you know, more open and closed secrets. Mm-hmm. And I, I, sometimes I like that sort of tension of knowing, oh, there's something going on. When will it happen? We're totally blissfully unaware in game. Maybe the GM will drop a hint and, you but, know. But that's the thing. In world, mm-hmm. you might not be blissfully unaware. Mm-hmm. If there is a high tension secret, you know, two party members are, you know, have a, a death pact with each other. And it's like, if I die, I'm going with you. Other player characters are almost certainly going to be able to pick up on something being weird and mm-hmm. have that tension that the open secrets on an out of game level can help replicate the type of feeling that should be in the party right now of, yeah. oh, these two have something going on that we're not super aware of, and that is creating unease within the party. Mm-hmm. And you can't have that with secret secrets, but mm-hmm. you can have that with open secrets. It's yeah. what kind of a mood are you trying to create, right? Or even with more closed secrets, we'll call them, mm-hmm. um, maybe you can keep them like closed like between either the GM and a player or player and player, but maybe even just give the other players maybe when it's not right afterwards, but like maybe later on, like the, they can drop hints about you have the potential to pick up on something. Maybe Mm -hmm. that's just an idea. I'm not saying always do this or anything, but that might be a fun idea as well to kind of introduce that sort of tension as well. And also have that fun reveal potentially. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I'm yeah. just thinking more Shadowrun examples. Like, the mm-hmm. we have both kinds of secrets. I like to secrets be fair, in general. Yeah. I, 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 I've been a part of, like, closed secrets as yeah. well. And yeah. But I'm just saying, like... I'm as not a, all against it. Yeah. Uh, as an example... He hates it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> closed secrets sometimes, uh, ha- like, you have a intelligent weapon. Mm-hmm. And there are, have been both closed and open secrets related to that. Some closed secrets have been, like... The, the intelligent weapon wants you to do this thing or is trying to push you in this direction mm-hmm. that I will have in closed secrets because again I feel like the most useful I've personally found for secrets is when there are decisions to be made yeah. like that and avoiding you don't... avoiding the group judgment from yeah. other players Avo- avoiding the group judgment or the group's influence so that yeah. it's solely yeah. that on that player to decide mm-hmm. without like everyone else's voices and then we can role play with whatever decision you do mm-hmm. but then we've also had open secrets like what does your character see like the uh, in the in yes. the middle of that fight the the el- eldritch horror that you saw mm-hmm. that's something that's an open secret that's something only your character's aware of but all the other players have that in the back of their mind and that might influence it's like when you describe it's like you have this like blank look in your eyes and you slowly bring down your arm which is a thing you describe everything mm-hmm. everyone else knows out of game oh there's this like big thing that happened and so everyone knows that in game that my character should be picking up on these clues mm-hmm. I think another way of handling something like the close secret mm-hmm. without having the influence of the other players mm-hmm. but also keep it as a more open secret is just kind of put your foot down as the GM and be like Okay, nobody can talk right now. Mm-hmm. This is only going to be me and Zame. Mm-hmm. And for the next five minutes, like, you know, yeah, you're just observers. Yeah, everyone else go on mute until exactly. further notice. Exactly, yeah. if you're playing on Discord yeah. or something, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Everyone shut up. <laughs> yeah, that's a great way to do it. That is a good way to do it. I personally feel hesitant about that because as much as people want to not have that impact them, like, mm-hmm. uh, not... Uh, impact them, there are certain things that it'll happen. Like, yeah. it'll impact them regardless. Oh, in metagaming, it's yeah. impossible it's, it's impo- to it's difficult. not do it. It's, yeah, it's difficult. Well, it's it's impossible to not be affected by the knowledge you have yeah. in a human way, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. I'm gonna feel a way about a very high tension situation or, yeah. like, a really... Yeah. Like a dog being put down. Yeah. Even if I was on mute, I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> even if it's out of game, you know? That was uh, the reason I brought that up, up as an example. That one had a lot of strong reactions for Zane trying to make that decision Definitely. for multiple players. Like, oh, yeah. I, 
it, like it was in the session verbally and I, like even when I took Zayn aside to talk to him I was getting messages about that <laughs> that's so funny so don't you kill that I, dog I, you know, I, it, it's I, like people like, I didn't I, say I, anything <laughs> I, I got messages along the lines of it's like I'm gonna do this if he tries to kill the dog I'm like he, you, right. th- this is he's the only person with the dog right now yeah exactly and he's yeah. the only one that can do anything mm-hmm. about it and it ultimately the dog is his dog, it's his family. He yeah. gets to to make this and decision. He decides exactly. if he kills it. He, d- he ended up choosing not to kill it, which is why it's on me to kill it again. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to kill that dog. And, and it's oh, still man. on the kill the dog train. I have horribly maimed it, but it's not dead yet. <laughs> I'm Jeez. trying to unmaim it. So, are, are there any types of secrets that you would say don't do? Hard no. Like, what are the situations when you are fully against people having secrets. If there are no consequences to people knowing the thing. Definitely. Like, like yeah. for example, how many uh, rations do you give to this? Like, you know, like, there are small story things where you're like, how many rations do you... You decide to, as an act of charity, give these poor people some of your rations. How many rations do you give? Yes, like... Knowing that you gave more rations, maybe the other players will metagame a little bit. But that's not really the most impactful in the story, unless the number of rations you're carrying is like a central plot point. Mm-hmm. If that's not going to be super impactful. That's not worth the secret, uh, in my opinion. I Yeah, I kind of agree. I think along those lines, I kind of had an example that... Like, it was a secret that a player had, and, like, the reveal was just something totally inconsequential that I was like, why Why was this a secret? And I think that kind of started me on that sort of, like, eh, I don't what was like it? What was I don't want to call anybody out. No. <laughs> okay. hey, that'll know. be a secret from the audience. We'll yeah. find out. Oh, that's a secret from the audience. Okay. Um, For me, the biggest thing that I dislike is... When you have a something that you want to do and something you're trying to keep secret from the GM that you know will have large narrative stakes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Always communicate that to, to your GM. Mm-hmm. You can keep it secret from, from the players. I've seen a lot of things where it's like, I'm going to make this big move and I'm going to do this cool thing and let's see what happens. But if you aren't confident if your GM will be okay with it or you're not sure how they'll react or you're worried it might mess things up, let them know ahead of time because 99.9% of time, if you have a good GM, they will be able to prepare better and make it a more satisfying narrative like moment than if you just spring it on them and force them to improv. You can also keep it vague as well. Yeah. that, that's why I was like, I don't, I generally don't like secrets from the GM, mm-hmm. full stop. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I, I shouldn't mention that as a re, as a place that I don't like secrets. Like, the tactical secrets, it's like, that's the only place I've ever seen where, like, a secret from the GM worked. But mm-hmm. in general, I think players keeping secrets from the GM just makes the game harder for everyone. Because mm-hmm. the reason you're keeping it a secret in that situation is because you want it to have a big reveal or a big impact or to be used in a cool narrative way. And the GM has a lot of influence on the general narrative and like mm-hmm. uh, uh, that kind of stuff. And so if your GM knows what you're going for, they can really tee you up. Like, for example, in that uh, we're talking about like Eclipse phase knowing, uh, you know, a, ca- a very super serious character knowing the violin and having a, a hidden violin on them. Mm-hmm. Like, if the GM knows that your character has that ability, like, if he, they don't know, maybe you just bring it at some point and it's, it might be stunning, you know, it might be surprising, it might be not. If the GM knows, they can really tee you up by, like, they set the stage, you know, you're in this situation where it's like, the mood is low, there's a lull, you know, you're in this uh, quiet, dreary place, you can feel uh, everyone's, like, uh, morale draining, and then, you know, that really tees you up to be like, I'm gonna, you know, pull it out, start strumming and, like, try to build morale. And it becomes a more significant scene than if you just tried to have that, try to bring that up without the GMTing the environment around you, without setting up the environment to, like, really use that secret. Yeah, definitely. I I think my, my general 
broad thoughts are use secrets to delight the other players at the table. Not like don't use them for your own gain. You should use it to set up like cool narrative things to surprise and delight everyone else at the table instead of uh, using it to you know try and get one over on somebody or hurt somebody else or do something that they don't like. Yeah. Um, I particularly hate stealing from other characters mm-hmm. on an out-of-game level where it's like, oh, I want to secretly go into their pack yeah. and, and grab that. It's like, we can make that a, an open secret. Yeah. Um, but doing stuff like that where it's like, character conflict behind closed doors I really dislike. Well, I was going to say exactly, very, well, not exactly that, very similar to that, the mm-hmm. secret that I think that should never happen mm-hmm. is one that, like, and I've had this happen to me as well, where it's something my character is invested in. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm watching for this thing, and another player secretly with the GM does something that directly impacts that, where my character would have totally been privy to this but because the because one of the other players decided that they wanted this to be a secret mm-hmm. like I didn't have any chance to interact with it even though mm-hmm. it's maybe a key part of my character that would have definitely like in character would have made sense for my character to have noticed that or at least had the chance to yeah like imagine someone else trying to put down sevens as dog <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah exactly like, like something like that like I secretly murder his dog and he has no way of I didn't want to say it, that. but that was something that I was talking to Annis about. <laughs> Red was going to shoot the dog. I don't know. Is there any secrets that you don't like, Santi? Or places where you don't think they should be that maybe people do use them? Or is there somewhere that you really like having a secret? You you guys have covered basically the full spread. Like, I have nothing to add. You've covered everything okay. that I was going to say. What he's okay. saying is we're good. <laughs> Audience, we have the salty approval. The podcast is good. The podcast is good. Yeah, you guys don't need me here anymore. Alright, so I think that kind of leads us into the next segment. The classic. It's a, it's a favorite of the show. Questions for the rest. For this segment of questions for the rest, uh, the questions are secret. So if you give us a moment, we'll answer them all. There's your answer. Yep, there you go. We're good. I hope that satisfies your uh, (laughs) curiosity. This is the silliest bit we've done, isn't it? (laughs) And we planned that. I will say, okay, mm-hmm. so this is circling back around to the metagaming topic. Mm-hmm. You mentioned something, Chris, that I think is a very hard thing with metagaming, and that is player conflict. Mm-hmm. I think player conflict is one of, is in general a hard thing to, to do. And I don't mean like an out of game, like you have an issue between the players. Uh, that's difficult as well. That's difficult as well, but that's about. not what I mean. I meant like a character conflict between the players' characters. I feel like that is difficult for many, like there's a lot of layers to that. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the layers is emotions and people, it sometimes sparks out of game conflict from the in game conflict or like you don't want to, you're, scared of causing out-of-game conflict, and so you, like, play down the in-game conflict type of thing. But then uh, one of the other layers, there's a lot of layers to this, one of the other layers is the metagaming thing, where you're used to, when you're dealing with villains, you can say what you're, you know, like, players will do this thing where uh, you'll plan turns out loud, you know, it's like, this is a, you know, this turn takes you six seconds, but you spent, like, three minutes discussing what you're going to do yeah. uh, in this turn. Uh, I think almost kind of everybody's res- yeah. like Ev- guilty of that. Does this. <laughs> everyone does this. Uh, and you, when you're doing it with an enemy, you're like, the GM uh, knows everything anyway, it's fine. But then when players are having a conflict with each other, it's like uh, suddenly they're like, all over this metagaming thing where it's like someone that's like, I want to secretly steal a couple gold coins from his pocket. And it's like, Okay, roll it off. Mm-hmm. Okay, you steal it without him noticing, and then the person uh, immediately like, but I count my coins every day. It's like, you've never said that before. Yeah. It's like, I, I, I noticed the coins are missing. I, I, I want to 
you know. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I want to check now my coins. <laughs> yeah, I want to check now my coins, and it's like it, it's an awkward place because it's like on the one hand, it just you, it feels wrong to just tell a, a player, no, you don't do a thing, <laughs> yeah. and but on the other hand, it's like it's just rising tension the whole way. It's yeah. just it's another like one of the other reasons that metagaming is, I feel. Uh, sorry, player conflict is uh, player character conflict is extra hard, and that's the metagaming aspect of mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think in general, I would avoid, especially when you are new and newer with your group, making characters that are prone to inter-character conflict. Yeah, right. Like I be, be on the same yeah, team, you know. Yeah, be, Make characters that are on the same team. Yeah. Don't make an asshole that wants to make everyone else's lives mm-hmm. miserable. Yeah. Because, well, I'm sure that could be fun for you to play. For a newer group, that can be really, really hard to deal with. And so by, you know, in your session zero saying, hey, we're going to make a party of people that are all on the same team and all like care about each other's interests. So you don't have to deal with that. And that's kind of yeah. squared away. Because... Within our group, I I could see us having intercharacter conflict. I have some plans for some serious intercharacter conflict coming up in Shadowrun. Uh, <laughs> we've, we've made some choices, uh, but but that's a, that's that's a communication and trust thing, so that you don't end up in those situations where you know people are fighting on an out of game yeah. level and being like, oh, we're just playing our characters, and this is just yeah. the character that I made. especially as new characters. Mm-hmm. I. I find that interplayer conflict, like intercharacter uh, conflicts, they are much easier to do if the conflicts are about something big. Mm-hmm. Because we as people, like our, we players are not our characters. We are not like swashbuckling, you know, sword wielding, magic using characters, Speak what have for you. Yourself. <laughs> we are not the characters in the story that we are playing. So the conflicts that arise from big issues, issues that we don't directly feel related to, are much easier to separate our personal selves from it and being able to like role play it and keep it in game. But when it's smaller things and it's smaller things that keep happening, those kind of conflicts are the ones that really tear apart groups and really tear apart intercharacter and even interplayer relations. I think it's the human stuff as well. Yeah, it, it, yeah. Well, I would I would classify that as quote unquote small stuff in the narrative. Yeah, like stealing constantly from your party, mm-hmm. like that. We each of us may not know someone like that in our real lives, but there's a high chance that we knew somebody. That did similar things, and we're upset with them about that. And that kind of, like, triggers an emotional response that we may not have full control over. Mm-hmm. And so, to talk about that player relation, player conflict side and secrets, uh, to put it all back together, it's small secrets are not worth having. Even if, even if they're, like technically consequential like Mm. ah yes i have stolen this very memorable item of yours Mm. like 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 if it's if it's literally an item for like flavor reasons the player had you are inviting conflict for what ostensibly is no reason Mm -hmm. no reason except to have conflict except to to have conflict like small secrets small conflicts are not worth it as people yeah so i think even with that like stealing that item i think it kind of goes back to separating yourself from your character i mean if i personally really like my useless items <laughs> in the D campaign yeah. like both in character and out of character yeah. and if somebody took that from me I think I'd have a hard time separating my out of character from my in character. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a little more complicated in that specific session because we play ourselves, our campaign because we play yeah. ourselves. But the same sort of thing. It's like, ah, oh, well, I personally kind of bonded yeah. with when I got that cool thing. 
Mm-hmm. And now it is like, ah, oh, you took that not only from my character, but from <laughs> from my ability as a player to utilize that, you know? I, I And, like, it, I feel like it's also similar in, in other ways where, like, let's suppose in Shadowrun someone tried to do a minor dumb thing that would help Eustace. You all, in and out of game, would eat that player alive. Oh, <laughs> 100%. So, like, that, that kind of thing. That's a, I do love small, dumb secrets to be kept between the GM. I love, like, putting in, like, app character creation, just letting the GM know, hey, I have, you know, this one or two small, dumb things that might never come up in the campaign. There was, there was actually a thing that happened in, in Shadowrun that was a, what I thought was a small, inconsequential secret, and then the rest of the party was like... Oh, tramp stamps? No, 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 that's not what I was talking about. Tramp stamps is not what I was talking about, but that is funny. No, the fact that Red is the only one with a family? Yeah, the, the rest of them are orphans, and Red's family's still alive and well. And all of them are like, you have a family? And I'm like... Yeah. Like, to me, like, I love that kind of secret. It's like, it doesn't Im- really impact the campaign, but, mm. like, it's, it adds a little, f- it adds a lot of flavor when it's revealed in, yeah. Yeah. in play. I, I mean, love that. Those initially, small things. Initially, I didn't really think too much about it, but then Tasha, yeah, Echo, latched like, on. latched onto that, and then I thought as, like, a player, like, out of game, I was like, you know what? I think my character would have some, real Fox. trauma about something like yeah. that. So, I was like, yeah, you know what? I think I'm actually going to lean into this as well because it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. But but I, I think it's it's just a lot about the intention of the secret. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, like, if the intention is, oh, I want it to be a secret to avoid antagonizing this person yeah. or, like, because I know this is an action that will create conflict, don't do it. Yeah. You're just being a dick. Uh, but if it's, you know, a small secret for comedy, like yeah. Florian's bag of tricks that <laughs> he started the campaign with, which I feel like you're thinking about, uh, or, you know, Red's having a family. If it's a small secret to... Or the violin. Yeah, or, the, I was thinking the, the violin. violin. Yeah. I was thinking there are secrets at Exalted that haven't come up. There's small dumb things yeah. that I wrote in the backstory and mm-hmm. I pointed out to Sati and Sati was like, what is this going to matter? And I'm like, hey, maybe. <laughs> it could, maybe. <laughs> yeah. if, it's, if, it, if it's for, you know, joy or, you know, creating a small fun reveal or if it's going to be something to, you know, that's going to be cool to the party. Like, Oh, my character's a mechanic, and they've been working on, like, a cool hovercraft for the party the entire time. And it's just like, oh yeah, I, I've been working on this for two years. And everyone's like, what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's like, oh yeah, like, in, like, maybe, like, in game, it's like, yeah, I'm just gonna go keep working on my project, and nobody's asked about it, but <laughs> between I- you and the GM, I'm working on a hovercraft. Yeah, I, I like, I like secrets like that, where yeah. in the beginning, it's like, it's like, I would have loved in the early in the campaign, if Red is like, I stream, uh, like my character's a streamer and they just stream things about their life, mm-hmm. and then like it'll just come out naturally. It's like, yeah, it's just I just stream. I feel like it's like it would be a, a cooler, like a cool being like, what do you mean you stream? Like that that impacts <laughs> or, our life. See, I kind of like the secrets that are like. It's obvious if you just look into it. Like, yeah. like saying Red, like, like, even in front of everybody, yeah, I stream. And then finding out, like, later, way down the road, that, like, in Germany, he's a celebrity. Or yeah. something like yeah. that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but, 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 like, like but it's like, all it would take is one player to be like, to oh, what is, his, yeah. what is his Twitter handle? And just look him up or something. Or yeah. Twitch yeah. handle or whatever. Yeah, like he's yeah. super to, to, to be fair, exactly. like the streaming yeah. thing is kind of an open secret yeah. in the sense that people keep kept forgetting. I, I, Red doesn't do it anymore, but people kept forgetting that he was recording everything. Yeah. And then and then and then Red would be like, Oh yeah, I had this recorded. Yeah, and it's like this is great content. This is great content. And it was like, what do you mean? It's like, oh I've been recording. What? Yeah. We did so much illegal things. It's, it's really well encrypted and I blur everyone's face. What do you mean? Uh, yeah, it's, it's the thing it's about the, the chicken yeah. uh, running like doing crazy parties like with mm-hmm. drugs and hook and hookers. Like that that is the kind of like dumb thing where it's like why what do you mean the chicken is running these like hardcore what is this even okay sure. I, to me that stuff is the funniest and I love including it yeah. mm-hmm. 
So, I guess to wrap it all up a little bit, unless there's anything else we want to talk about. I just want to say there are secrets. They're they're not necessarily bad Mm -hmm. or good. They can be both, but I think try to use them in a way to enhance the campaign. Mm -hmm. Don't use them frivolously or too much, I'd say. Um, There's a middle ground for everything, and that middle ground will change not just play uh, like group to group. I feel campaign to campaign. Yeah, like, yeah, definitely. If and I'm, characters to characters. Yeah, like, if I was running yeah. a super heroic, like you're all like you know, uh, close. Uh, all the players are cro- close allies. This is a heroic adventure mm-hmm. uh, with like a big like demon. You're doing it for the good of all people type thing. Minimal secrets. Minimal yeah. secrets. If I'm running like high tension, uh, political cloak and yeah, dagger, political and, and, cloak and dagger. <laughs> Secrets everywhere. And all the characters are t- technically together, but they're not really on the same teams, per se. Yeah, and everyone yeah. has their own motivations. Like, yeah. I think yeah. there's campaigns that really um, are enhanced by that. Yeah, yeah like Spire. Spire was really enhanced yeah, by Yeah, definitely. Uh, and I think it's like that sort of, oh, we know things are going on, and we don't... It's that kind of tension of, like, we know that there are secrets, we don't know what they are. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, I know Dinko's unstable. <laughs> but in what way? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I mean se- secrets are the essence of intrigue, and intrigue is important for certain types of games and certain yeah. types of genres. But if you're just starting out, keep it minimal. Yeah. Like, you gotta have a group that you trust to use secrets in a way to enhance the game and make it more fun for everybody. And until you feel like you're there, I would just leave secrets out or keep all the secrets in the open because that's a much healthier way to play than falling into a lot of the bad habits that I see with secrets. Especially, yeah, like when you're starting on, I think like it can really detract from like wanting to continue just Mm -hmm. having, you know, somebody handle that poorly. It's like, "Eh, I didn't really like that. And now I don't really want to keep playing because, (laughs) yeah. I, I, in the same vein, I feel like metagaming is challenging. Like, we talked about a lot of ways that metagaming can be used for good, but a lot of those are hard for new players and new GMs to handle. So, also, I, I would encourage you to try to keep that to a minimum. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, nothing is as... Uh, like Cut and dry? No, nothing stains as much, I feel, for especially for new players, as trying to do something that the p- other players may not be aware of and other players were like, no, we were totally there. Like, you know, it's like, I, I want to take this person aside and just tell him, like, this mm-hmm. thing just for him and then other players interject and you're like, I, I was just talking to this one. Like, no, 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 it's no, just no. us two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and so that's the kind of thing where I feel like if you're new to GMing, like, a, 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 that kind of metagaming, I would encourage to shy away from. Just metagaming in, in general. Try to uh, keep, like, the player knowledge separate from the character knowledge and definitely on the kind of onset or even halfway through whenever you need to is kind of just talk about it as well like at the start of the campaign this is if if we're all working together we're on the same team then like probably not going to have secrets sort of thing but if you are entering a more you know kind of shifty shady environment and system then you know off the offset I think it's good to just kind of mention that, that, hey, there's might be some secrets between people and just want to make sure everybody's okay with that. Yeah. And, like, it doesn't, yeah, you could do it on uh, the offset if you know. You can also just, like, halfway through the campaign just be mm-hmm. like, hey, just to check up, how do we feel about all of exactly. this? Exactly. Uh, this is a bit a touch off topic, but I was reading the other day about session zeros, which is a topic we might spe- uh, speak about in the future. Ooh, but just a lot of the questions and a lot of the things you think about in a session zero, you could totally just bring them up, even if it's, like, session 100, and just be like, okay, how, how are we about all these topics? How Mm-hmm. about all these things. Session a, 100. Not everybody plays like us. Yeah. No, I, I, I use that as an example, you know, yeah, like no, no, extremes. That was session 100, that was so long ago. <laughs> yeah. We're we're on around session 200 for Shadowrun. I would guess. Maybe, maybe a little bit less, maybe like 180 something. Yeah, we've been playing that game for a while. We're old. Yeah. What was the midpoint? 
The chickens. Chicken. The chicken. Chicken restaurant. restaurant. This midpoint. Yeah. Definitely. Chicken restaurant is. Uh, Man, I can't believe season. so much has happened since chicken restaurant. <laughs> chicken restaurant feels like it was not that long ago. Chicken restaurant feels feel like it was long ago. ages ago, to yeah. be honest. Well, that was three hundred and whatever years. Five hundred and seventy. Seventy-one. It makes sense why it was a long time ago for you. Yeah. <laughs> you know what feels like a really long time ago? Uh, being stopped at the airport. <laughs> the airport, airport security. Airport when you security. Magic tricks and yeah. sleight of hand. Yeah. Wrong people. <laughs> yeah. That feels forever. Yeah, ago. that was forever ago. You know what also feels forever ago? The start of this episode. So we're gonna stop <laughs> it right here. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Table Topics Podcast. As always, I've been Caleb. I'm Ennis. I'm Christian Santiago. I don't like because I clean with water, okay? <laughs> I will not take any accusations based on the outro of a episode. <laughs>